From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is CRN. Welcome to the Lightning Round. Welcome, welcome. Well, hello, and welcome to the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. I am your host. It is episode 96. We are finishing up week 89 of the 64th quadrennial, no, 46th quadrennial Hunger Games. Uh, Where to start? Uh, you know what, to be honest with you, because of the way that my work schedule is, is shaping up, um, I'm, I'm probably going to have to do some hit or miss recording based off of what my timelines look like and, and what type of availability I have. Um, so, here goes. Let's get into it. Okay, so the first one, actually, it's, it's a couple things that are actually kind of intertwined. Um, so, <laughs> there's old comrade Kamala. She came out and gave a statement that the people that were affected by Hurricane Ian in Florida when it came time for doling out taxpayer dollars for hurricane relief. She said, in a nutshell, we need to give it to the black people first because of equity. As if the white and Hispanic communities, the Asian communities, uh, you know, well, hell, you could probably have an Italian community, a German community, you know, whatever it is. And any non-black community apparently didn't go through the same hurricane. So they got to get to the back of the bus. Wow. I can't decide, well, I mean, first thing is, yeah, it's blatantly racist, and that is illegal, um, but I can't decide if it's just racism, or if it's a last-ditch effort by the Democrats to pander to blacks with the upcoming uh, midterm elections. And there's actually a, a thing, a, a, a video clip, and I don't know if it was uploaded up on somebody's phone to like TikTok or, or I think it was TikTok or Instagram. Basically, it's a it's a black guy out there, and I wish I could remember the name of the town. It's like Aurora, maybe. Uh, and he's out there, and he was like, "Look at that." Hurricane Relief, we got a gas truck in Aurora, or wherever they are, 
and we got a gas truck. And I don't get, you know, and he, you know, they're beep, beep. He basically said, I don't give a shit what, you know, you can call DeSantis whatever you want to call him. But he's got a gas truck in our community. And I'll tell you what, I'll be voting for DeSantis. And I'm a Democrat. He got a gas truck into our community. You know, and it, isn't that kind of the way it's supposed to be? It doesn't matter what color your skin is. We're all Americans, right? Right? The, the left is only interested in dividing people, classifying people, putting people with certain characteristics in their own little specific box. And then come midterms or come uh, presidential election years, they... They treat each one of those boxes like it's a like it's a Christmas present. They they run out of their room, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, sleep in their eyes, whatever, and they dive under that Christmas tree and they open up all those boxes that they put all those people into that fit into all of their little characteristics. And they were and they open it up like it's a brand new day, like it's a brand new toy. They're like, oh, look at that! People of color, look what we have done for you. Look what's going on. You should vote for us. When, in point of fact, they've done nothing. Nothing. What am I on? I'm on week 89. The Democrats have literally done nothing to help the American people. But they're strutting around like they just hit a grand slam home run in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. They have done nothing. But yet they're out there saying, well, look at that. We did this. No, you didn't. Well, it's not really a recession. Quick, change that definition. No, it's a recession. Well, we got these employment numbers. Well... If you take a closer look at the employment numbers, that just means most of those jobs, they didn't get filled. They just went away because the employer got tired of advertising. They, they decided not to, not to fill that open position. But then, you know, it, it, the election's what, 30 some odd days away now? 31 days, maybe? I don't, I don't know. And they're well, they're out there pandering, and old Sleepy Joe, he told Al Sharpton he's gonna run again. No, he won't. There's not a chance under the sun that Joe Biden runs again. But I could be wrong. I could admit it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't see him running again. But anyway, back to old comrade Kamla and her race-based aid. Here comes old Mayor Pete. Pete Buttigieg, the uh, transportation secretary, well, he came riding in on his little rainbow-colored unicorn to uh, to help back up old comrade Kamala and say, well, you know, we there should be equity in everything that we do, and we need to be making sure that these policies are taking shape and that we're accounting for all of this stuff and. And old Pete says, well, people are just interjecting politics in a place where it doesn't need to be. Really? <laughs> T 
did we interject the politics or are we calling out your interjection of politics into a situation? You know, hurricane relief should not be political. But yet, when you go in and say, well, we have to dole out our money to people that are of color first, how is that not political? How is that not racist? It, it is complete BS. Takes me to my next little piece of information here. The, uh, the vice chair of the Treasury Department's new racial equity committee wants to defund the police and put race at the center of all policies that they undertake. I, I, Vice Chair Felicia Wong authored reports, authored reports that argued police budgets should be reduced and true equity means equity of outcome. No. No. That's, that's not what equity is, Mrs. Wong. Equity is everybody's at the same starting point. And the decisions that you make will determine the outcome. You can't put your hands on the scale and favor one group or, or another or one group over another so that everybody has the same outcome. That's not factual. That's not realistic. That's not life. But they like to pretend they're in some sort of rose-colored socialist colony somewhere where everybody does their fair share and everybody contributes and everybody gets an equal amount of the spoils. That's not how life works. But that's what they're trying to do. The vice chair of the Treasury Department's newly announced Racial Equity, Equity Committee wants to defund the police and put racial justice at the center of all government policy making. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Tuesday announced the formation of a 25-member committee called the Treasury Advisory Committee on Racial Equity, which will identify, monitor, and review aspects of the domestic economy that have directly and indirectly resulted in unfavorable conditions for communities of color. You know what? This is going to sound harsh. Um, African-Americans make up less than half of the U.S. population, and they account for over 70% of the crime. The police go where the crime is. If the crime is being committed in those communities, that's where the police go. And you know what? That's where businesses don't go. Why would I want to start up a business in a community when I can quickly and easily pull up crime statistics, armed robbery, break-ins, theft, muggings, carjackings, murders, rapes, assaults, I can go pull up those statistics for any community in our country. Why, as a business owner, if I can see that data, if I can parse that data, why would I ever 
put a business in a community with sky-high crime statistics. If I'm a business owner, why would I keep my business if the crime statistics changed from when I opened my business to something that was untenable? You can go to any Democrat-led city, any of them, where they have district attorneys that are uh, basically doing catch and release on criminals for all manner of crime. And there are stories, true things, true stories, where people have committed a crime in the morning, got arrested, got released, and were back in the jail that afternoon for committing a second crime. How, how is that helping anybody? If I'm a business owner, nope. <clears throat> oh, and don't forget the, the summer of love that was 2020. A lot of these, a lot of these businesses that the peaceful protesters um, decided to turn into bonfires, they never rebuilt. They didn't fix the store. They didn't come back. They left it boarded up. If the building was still standing at all, they left it boarded up. And now you have members of that community squawking, begging for those businesses to come back. And the businesses are telling them, no, I'm not coming back because of the crime, because of the uh, state or the city's laws that are not being enforced because of the state or the city's bail policies have changed. So now people are going to jail and getting out and committing another crime that day or just, you know, the next day. And you have mobs of 50 people that show up and they go and ransack a business. No. If I were CVS or uh, some sort of Trader Joe's or a convenience store or, um, you know, even just a, a brick and mortar clothing store, you know, any of these stores that have been robbed and looted. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not coming back. That doesn't even account for the amount of taxation that has been heaped upon them. Why? Why would you come back? I wouldn't. I know a lot of businessmen here in in Columbus, Ohio, and they had stores and shops near the downtown area that got robbed and looted. They were like, no, I'm out. And they were, they were fortunate because they were able to use COVID as the reason for uh, breaking the lease or, or not renewing the lease. They're like, no, forget it. I'm, why would I do that? I'm, I'm going to go to, you know, because the businesses, they're tracking data for their customers. You know, they know the zip code these people are coming from. It's on, the, you know, they get the credit card information. They're, they've got data that they use and they decide, okay, well, I've got a, a lot of people that are coming from uh, 43219 or 11742, you know, whatever the zip code is, okay? 
And they're like, well, we got a lot of customers that are coming from that area. Maybe it'd be better if we just opened up a store in that area. Then they go look at the crime statistics. Then they go look at the price per square foot for rentals. If they've got a lease someplace or, you know, whatever. If I were a business owner, screw them. I'm not coming back. Not until your policies change. Not until your crime statistics go in a different direction. I'm not doing it. But now you've got the federal government saying, after all of the civil rights uh, protests and, and the March to Selma and the Civil Rights Act, after all of that, our own federal government is now going to be making decisions based off of race. That isn't what... How far removed are we from 1965? 50 years? 60 years? 60 years? Almost? That's ridiculous. Un unbelievable. We need to dole out hurricane relief based on the color of your skin. Oh, but don't mind that. That's, that, that, that's just mean Republicans trying to interject politics. No, we didn't. We're calling you out for doing it. Blatantly. Now you got the federal treasury saying that they're going to be making decisions based off of race. Unbelievable, folks. You can't, you can't make this up. Next. Here's a fun little ditty. So, the U.S. population got hammered with this Inflation Reduction Act and, uh, you know, the mini Build Back Better BS. Well, we might have somebody that, that might be able to help us out. We have a senator in Kansas named uh, Roger Marshall. Senator Roger Marshall introduced... Two pieces of legislation meant to prevent overreach at the IRS after the fraudulently elected numbskull signed a law expanding the agency. The two bills were introduced in response to the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act. The Preventing Frivolous Actions by IRS Agents Act would compensate eligible U.S. taxpayers who are incorrectly hit with a failed IRS audit. Under the bill, taxpayers would be paid the following would be paid following the disposition of their case, which includes the completion of judicial proceedings. The bill defines an eligible taxpayer as a taxpayer whose gross income is less than $400,000 and has not been convicted of a crime related to the audit. The legislation states that for any civil or criminal proceedings in which a taxpayer wins in court, they would be compensated for attorney's fees, court costs, and other expenses related to the taxpayer's defense. I think that's great. He's quoted as saying, Joe Biden and the Democrats stuck working in middle-class Kansans with a massive spending scam that gives the IRS the green light to aggressively snoop around in their personal finances. Defending a frivolous audit is expensive and the IRS should pay the bill, not innocent Americans who were wrongly targeted by an overzealous federal accountant. That's a fair statement. I like it. I would vote for it. 
Marshall's other bill would require the IRS to sell its stockpile of fire, firearm ammunition worth an estimated $700,000. The measure would mandate the General Services Administration to sell any ammunition bought or stockpiled by the IRS or for the agency's use within 90 days of the bill's enactment. The proceeds of the ammunition sales must be deposited into the general fund of the Treasury, less any reasonable costs incurred by the GSA in selling the ammunition. I like it. I think they ought to sell it to the general public. Just one guy's opinion. The IRS current—he's uh, Marshall's quoted again as saying the IRS currently possesses a massive ammunition stockpile. Joe Biden wants the IRS to squeeze every cent it possibly can out of law-abiding American taxpayers, and this ammo must be sold before federal law enforcement can potentially use it to threaten and oppress citizens. That's why the Second Amendment's in there, brother. Part of the reason for these for that second. Uh, piece of legislation is uh, the IRS faced backlash from Republicans in August after the agency made an online job posting for criminal investigation special agents. The job, which was briefly deleted then re-added at the time, stated that its major duties include carrying a firearm and being willing to use deadly force and being willing and able to participate in arrests execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. What the hell do they think these IRS agents are about to do? This is Lois Lerner 2.0, I think. This is the IRS on steroids. But I like what uh, Senator Marshall has proposed. It's not going to go anywhere as long as Pelosi's got the gavel. Um, or... or, or um, crying Chuck Schumer because this was a senator so he proposed these two pieces of legislation in the U.S. Senate so we shall see next oh here's a piece of fun news so a uh, Republican candidate in Virginia was taking part in a debate when the debate moderator asked the Republican candidate, is Joe Biden president? Now, you and I both know that to be asked that question, that's a gotcha question. That's a loaded question. That's, that is the left trying to decide or determine, I should say, whether or not you're an election denier. <laughs> if you can't see the video right now, my hand is raised. I am an election denier, and I am proud of it. That whole 2020 election was rife with fraud, and the Democrats took advantage of a pandemic, which they orchestrated to get rid of one guy by putting ballot boxes on every street corner they could find. They stole that election, and I believe it to be 100% true. He was fraudulently elected, so I'm glad they didn't ask me this question. <laughs> but... 
I like the way this candidate handled it. The question was, uh, the, the Virginia Republican congressional candidate hung Cal, C-A-U, Cal, during the debate on Sunday against a Democratic opponent, Jennifer Wexton. The question was posed as, as follows. Do you believe the 2020 election was free, fair, and untainted, and Joe Biden is the duly elected president of the United States? And do you feel confident about the election process this year? And like I said, this whole question was ginned up in order to try and expose uh, Mr. Cowell as a potential election denier. But his response was iconic. It was classic. And it was 100% true. Here's what Mr. Cowell responded. Here's how Mr. Cowell responded. Sir, Joe Biden is the President of the United States. If you don't believe me, go to your gas pumps or go to your grocery stores and that'll tell you who is. Emotional damage! <laughs> he continued, Every American citizen should have confidence in the election process. We did that in Iraq and Afghanistan with just one finger. Because he was, as he held up his index finger uh, to indicate that a blue finger to prove that everybody had voted once. And I don't know why we can't do this in the United States where we can make sure that this, this American institution so vital to our country is not protected. Great, great answer. The crowd loved it. The Democrat that he is running against, Miss Wexton, she answered the question, and the way that, uh, let's see, delivered in rapid-fire fashion over about 75 seconds, during much of which she offered viewers a disturbingly unblinking Mark Zuckerberg-like stare, was met by silence from the audience as opposed to the laughter and applause cows had engendered. And uh, it's not like the Republican candidate was on uh, friendly in a friendly area because the debate was sponsored by Motivate Organize Virginians for Engagement, or MOVE, which is described as a chamber of commerce for Muslim-owned businesses in Northern Virginia. According to Rahil Sheikh of Manassas, who serves on the organization's board of directors, the debate was moderated by Shuja Nawaz, a Pakistani author and former director of the Atlantic Council's South Asian Center in Ayan Sheikh, a Somali journalist at a news and a news editor and producer at WAMU 88.5, the region's public radio station. Wow. Let's see. Why did they... I guess this MOVE organization is not known for being uh, right-leaning, apparently. So, but anyway, I thought that was funny. Good luck to you, Mr. Cow.
in your election in 31 days? Uh, I don't know. Let's look that up. I, I keep wanting to quote it as fact that when this episode comes out, uh, let's see. Yeah, 31 days. I got. I guessed right. All right. Next. All right, so uh, <laughs> the rest of the week happened, and what, you know, I said it before, it's a total shit show. It, it, I'm running around because I'm cooking on the grill, and I'm trying to control the heat, and the wife is not home yet, and I'm done with work, so run, 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 run. I'm making burnt ends. Uh, but, so, so Joe Biden gets called on a hot mic, and, and I think this is just going to be, uh, freestyle for the rest here, but Joe Biden gets called on a hot mic talking to a supporter down in Florida where he was caught sniffing people again while DeSantis was given a speech or giving an update on the hurricane uh, relief effort. But he gets called on a hot mic talking to a supporter. Somebody came out to glad hand with the president. And he says, with a hot mic, nobody fucks with a Biden. Really? Because it looks like your son's about to get charged for lying on the 4473 for a gun purchase. Now, if I lie on a 4473 or you lie on a 4473, the ATF will be at your door. They will take you out in cuffs and they will take the gun. But because it's the president's son, oh, good grief, we can't touch him. He's untouchable. Meanwhile, there are videos all over the internet. Pick a provider. Pick a social media network. And there's Hunter cavorting with hookers and smoking crack. Duh, but that's that's fine. We can't say anything. that we that doesn't violate any of our community standards. Meanwhile, Parents that dare question the medical community with regard to chemical castration of prepubescent boys, uh, gender reassignment surgery uh, for minors. If any parent or group dares, dares, I say, to question the legitimacy of the medical community, you are now a domestic terrorist. So now you've got, uh, you've got good company because in that same boat are the parents that dared to question school boards about what is being taught. Critical race, you know, drag shows for third graders, Teachers trying to basically indoctrinate students into questioning their own gender. You name it. 
Those parents, because they dared to speak up and say, this is not right, these books are pornographic, get them out of the library, stop talking to my kid about this, that, and the other. There's my alarm to go check the heat on my meat. <laughs> but these parents, they dared to question the omnipotence of the Board of Education. Well, they got a letter sent to the Attorney General and the FBI asking them to be classified as domestic terrorists. Now, you've got parents that are saying, uh, I don't want my pediatrician speaking to my children about gender dysphoria, gender confusion, uh, promoting gender reassignment, uh, or anything of that nature. So the medical community has now sent a letter to the Attorney General and the FBI asking for these parents and these groups to be classified as, you guessed it, domestic terrorists. Unbelievable. And in other news, the uh, Republican Senator Ben Sass is stepping down. Uh, presumably by the end of the year, to take over the president role at the University of Florida. Uh, many on the right are celebrating this uh, because he was one of the few Republicans, I believe there were 10 Republicans, that voted to impeach Trump. So that decision by him to step down is being celebrated. Take that for what it's worth. In addition to all of the sniffing and hot mics uh, that the illegitimate, fraudulently elected chucklehead committed this week. He's also being slapped around by OPEC. They came out, the oil-producing countries, uh, came out and said, we are cutting back our daily quotas by 2 million barrels a day. Biden, and that is in response to Biden trying to cozy up to the Ayatollahs in Iran and Maduro, the socialist dictator in Venezuela. The Saudis said, we're not going to help you, Mr. Biden, United States of America, because you are courting terrorists that will take the money that you give them to buy their oil and they will attack our country, the sovereign nation of Saudi Arabia. So, we are not going to do what you are begging us to do. In fact, instead of ramping up production, we're going we're to curtail it to the tune of 2 million barrels a day. Biden's response was to dump another 10 million barrels out of the strategic oil reserve. I'm starting to wonder how much is left in there because people's bills are about to go through the roof as winter approaches. The heating bills alone are going to be astronomical. I am not looking forward to it. I have a gas-fed furnace. It runs on natural gas through a feed 
in the uh, in the city, but I'm I'm not looking forward to it. And we would not be in this pro in this situation or dealing with this problem if Joe Biden had done what they had promised to do to Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin agreed to uh, sign on to the mini Build Back Better plan because he was promised that the Biden administration and all relevant state departments and bodies would loosen the restrictions on the permitting process for oil drilling, gas drilling, fracking. But they didn't. They hung Joe Manchin out to dry for his vote. For the life of me, I do not know why Joe Manchin continues to caucus with the Democrats. After this, he is in an energy state, West Virginia, coal mining, gas exploration. It, it, it boggles the mind that he's still a Democrat and has not changed parties to become a Republican. Maybe that's in the works. I don't know. But after being hung out to dry for his vote on the mini Build Back Better plan so that Biden would have a victory heading into uh, the midterm elections, he got screwed. The American people got screwed, moreover. But I is, is Joe Manchin just a punching bag or what? Because if you promised me you were going to do something and then you didn't do it, and I already gave you what you were begging me for, that's the last favor I ever grant you. Fool me once, shame on me. There will not be a second time, ever. But we're in this situation with high energy costs because Biden and his administration are only touting half of the equation. They're out there spewing there are thousands of leases available, but these oil and gas com com companies are to blame. They're not, they're not picking up the leases. It's not our fault. The full equation is there are thousands of leases out there that the oil and gas industry is not picking up because it's a two-part equation. The lease is the first part. The permit is the second part. You can hold every one of those thousands of leases. Exxon could go buy them all. BP, buy them all. But they can't get through the permitting process without a lengthy legal battle costing untold millions of dollars. That's the part that the Biden administration and his little sycophants and his little Obama holdovers and his little lefties uh, are not saying out loud. The oil and gas industry is trying to bring people up to this uh, level of knowledge. And they're, they're trying, but they're not getting any traction because the mainstream media is basically the propaganda news media arm of the DNC. So...
told you it was going to be, you know, off the cuff. But, oh, uh, this is a funny story. So, I uh, we're having friends over for dinner. That's why I'm cooking burnt ends. And uh, I uh, on my lunch break, I went to uh, check the, the stocks of liquor. So, I went to the liquor store. And as I'm standing there and the guy's checking me out so I can pay for my order, this lady comes up and, and he was kind of talking to her during the transaction process. And uh, she says, I can't find um, this tequila. It is, do you guys carry this tequila? Casamigos tequila. And he says, yes, yes, we have it. We have it in the back uh, behind me here. And she walks up to the counter and she realizes why it's on the shelf behind the cash registers because it's $50 a bottle. Apparently, whoever she's talking to on the phone explains to her that this is the George Clooney tequila. And at this point, this lady made my day. She said, why are you drinking liberal sons, son of a bitch's tequila? And that immediately piqued my ears up. I was like, oh, it's about to get on. We're about to get it on. What's up? And she was like, I cannot believe you drink that liberal asshole's tequila. That is, I'm starting to question your manhood. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And I turned to look at her and I was like, couldn't agree with you more. And uh, she got a good, she got, she's like, I, I don't know. I, that liberal son of a bitch, I tell you what, I would never sleep with a liberal. They're all sons of bitches and I don't even think they know how to have sex. <laughs> Me and the cash register, dude. The cashier, we were just like, holy shit, what just happened? And so we're laughing our asses off, and she goes further on into the store to go continue her purchase. And I'm walking out, and I'm still laughing. I was like, and I turned back, and I just kind of yelled back into the store. I said, you totally made my day, lady. And the cashier was like, me too. <laughs> huh. Oh, oh, I almost forgot my... Crazy-ass neighbor, she's got her sign up, ready to go, and her sign says, protect women's rights, vote Democrat, and I told my wife, I said, that's it, I'm getting, I'm getting a sign made, I might have a couple signs made with different sayings and just change them out every other day or something, because I just... I just can't take it, but I don't know, we'll see what happens, see if I can control my own crazy and just, you know... Smile and nod, and okay. And uh, that, and, and in closing, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading about the election, and I'm seeing a lot of reporting from various pundits and various sources, and they're saying that the 2022 midterm election is the 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 results are likely to surprise everybody because of Biden's uh, Hitler-esque speech a few weeks ago where he was cast in shades of red and black and he decried the MAGA Republicans as a threat to democracy. And, you know, you ever notice whenever Democrats don't get their way, it's a threat to democracy? Like, 
what? They're law-abiding citizens? They're the purveyors of truth? No. They're all a bunch of idiots, and anything they touch turns to shit. But what I've been reading and what I've been seeing is that because of that speech, anybody that is inclined to vote for a Republican, me notwithstanding, because if somebody comes and pulls me, I'll tell them what for. And then I'll tell them to get the hell off my property. I know there's going to be canvassers coming here pretty soon, and I'm going to be like, look, I'm going to be polite, and I'm going to tell you, not even Mike Corpse would vote for a Democrat after the shit they've pulled for the last six years. So thank you and good day. That's going to be my line. That's going to be what I'm going to say. But back to the polling and the pundits, they're saying that because of Biden's speech, Republicans... Uh, right-leaning independents, they've all gone underground. And they're not responding anymore when contacted via text, phone call, canvassers at your door. They're not responding with any information. They're not saying boo. So they're not getting accurate polling to know whether J.D. Vance is actually ahead of Tim Ryan in Ohio for the Senate seat. Uh, all of the numbers are skewed, so everything either looks like a Democrat is winning or it's within the margin of error and they're tied. But they're placing an asterisk with any of this information because they cannot get accurate polling from Democrats that have switched sides, uh, Blexit members, uh, Latinos that are sick of their attacks on on uh, traditional values and family, uh, right-leaning uh, independents that vote on issues and not by party, uh, people that are like me that, you know, we're on the right come hell or high water uh, unless something really ostentatious happens, um, you know. But all of those demographics, black, white, Asian, Spanish heritage, gay, straight, anybody that had a proclivity to maybe lean right in a congressional or Senate uh, uh, ticket on, on the ballot, they're not answering questions. So all of the polling is skewed. And they have said, unequivocally, they have no idea what's going to happen. So, that being said... Put your seatbelt on, find your helmet, and strap in, because it's going to be a wild ride for the next 31 days. You guys have a good weekend. Be good, stay safe, keep your head on a swivel. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor.